Oh, happy Sunday to y'all on the brain. For us, there were lots of experiments with animals and with different things. For example, glass of cotton. Also, they made lots of unsuccessful tries. People were even dying during these experiments. They divided us into five groups of two people each. Every group was traveling to a different... I was doing my military service in the Soviet Army when I was 20. In the Soviet Army, I saw many weapons and technologies that are still top secret. And at that moment, only few people knew about different experimental weapons and airplanes. Most of these projects were closed after Soviet Union collapse. I'll tell you about one of these projects in which I was involved. It was a real time machine. We called it in Russian Karikzirovshik History, History Corrector. The project was leaded by the greatest scientists and engineers of that times. Back then, I was just a soldier. I didn't understand too much about the technologies, but I was one of ten soldiers that were used, yes, used for these experiments. I know it's hard to believe, but I was really involved in these researches and even now, I know it's hard to believe, but I was really involved in these researches and even now it's dangerous to talk about it. It was 1987. They were planning to send us to 16th or 17th centuries to make some changes in Russian history, but scientists couldn't manage to send anyone to the past. And after some time, they decided to try to send someone to the future, to 2987. It was the first time when Soviets sent someone to the future. Before us, there were lots of experiments with animals and even different things. For example, glass of cognac. Also, they made lots of unsuccessful tries. People were even dying during these experiments. They divided us into five groups of two people each. Every group was traveling to a different period of time. My group, me and Alek, was sent to 2987 that I have mentioned. The machine was huge. There were two big rings in the center of it where we forced to stand in the middle. They gave us device made of silver, similar to watches. They told us that the machine, after modifying, could work only with human body, cotton and silver. Our uniforms were made of cotton, and they were similar to uniforms of pilots. The machine was sending us to different times, thanks to the power of magnetism and electricity. They told us that if we will lost our watches, we won't be able to come back. Each watch was designed and constructed exclusively for concrete traveler and it couldn't be switched or shown. So after all trainings, they sent us to 2987. I can tell you one thing. I couldn't understand that I'm still on the earth. First of all, I couldn't see anyone outside. And few people that we found were almost like robots. Each of them was covered with some strange mechanisms. Comparing to their technologies, our VR glasses were just sunglasses. Their clothes were really strange. For sure not made of cotton or wool or not, not synthetic. People were not walking at all. They were just moving from point A to point B. And I couldn't understand how. Even though that our clothes could be strange for them, no one was looking at us. I had an impression that we are invisible. They didn't have any emotions on their faces, and they looked like they were busy. My colleague, Alek, drew my attention to their transports above. I saw everything levitating over our heads. Seriously, everything was levitating there. There wasn't a building that had bases. Everything around was levitating. Cars, street lights, everything. I was really astonished. All buildings were covered with solar panels. When we found the way to go upstairs, I saw current advertisements. For example, one of them was about tour to Mars. But in the advertisement that I saw, Mars was wandering. It wasn't the red desert that I knew. It was beautiful. Even 
strength. Harpal seas, islands, trees, like our planet, except Harpal seas. After me and Oleg have found normal clothes, suitable for that time, we went to a very special place called Tricapion, from where people were traveling to different planets. At Tricapion, we could find special things, a magnetic mechanism that was making us levitate. It was really weird. When I tried it first time, I was really close to fall down from about 200 feet high. After some time, when we were able to levitate, uh, let's say walk, we noticed devices that were similar to cars and that were also floating in the air. We haven't seen there any shock or something like that. At that time, I couldn't understand how people were buying things, but now I think everyone was online. At that time, we didn't have internet and we didn't even know what is it, so I couldn't imagine. After some time discovering the city with Oleg, we were stopped by two humans or robots, I'm not sure, till now. Uh, they took us by their huge car to the military base. In the military base we met a guy who was wearing something that was kind of uh, military uniform. Why I say kind of? Because we don't have anything similar to it even nowadays. So the guy was speaking Russian with us, it was strange. He told us that we are in Murmansk. I understood that I'm in the same city. They were asking us different questions. They took me to a bright room where the lights were so bright that I could feel how it burns my skin. They were asking us how we could pass the border, from which country we came, how we hacked the teleport. As I understood from their words, there were four countries on the earth. At that time, it was Soviet Union, USA, Asian Confederation, and as they told us, RA. But I couldn't understand what country it was. Now I can't understand how there could be Soviet Union in the future if the Soviet Union I knew was collapsed in 1991. After all these questions, for which I didn't have any answers, they started hitting me with a stick which was totally red and after each hit I felt the smell of my skin. It was terribly painful. We were told in 1987 to not tell anything about time traveling, so I was trying to hold myself and wait. We knew that when it will be 3.40 on our watches, we will be sent automatically to 1987. I was really lucky that they weren't suspicious about my watch. Maybe because it was too primitive for them, and they didn't think that it can be a part of time machine. After smelling enough of my own burning skin, I woke up in 1987, but alone. Every day I'm thinking what happened with Oleg. Was he killed or couldn't come back? Or he came back but he was killed by Soviets in 1987. Till now, I can't understand one thing. How it was possible that there was Soviet Union if it was collapsed in 1991? Or it was parallel reality? Or post-Soviet countries will reunion again? I hope they won't. There are a lot of questions that I don't have answers. I was inspired by other time travelers' stories to tell my story for Apex TV. The main purpose of our operation was to go to the 3780. This woman claims she has been to the year 3780. We sat down for an interview in an undisclosed location as she told us her story. She claims to have brought back actual technology from the future. Watch this and decide for yourself. Hello everybody, my name is Clara. I cannot say from what country I am because it can cause serious problems for me. I want to talk about events which happened in 2000 here. I was serving in the army and my only goal was to build my own career. My story is related to traveling in time. It will seem to you that this is a fantasy, but I assure you that it's already a technology used for military researches nowadays. Perhaps it will be difficult now to realize what I'm talking about, but try to understand. 
imagine that the time is immeasurable, such as height, length, or depth. It is very simple. Let's imitate a situation. You are swimming in the sea at a depth of two meters. You can easily go deeper. This is the same thing that you can do with time if you have the appropriate equipment and <coughs> simplicity. I can say only this word about time traveling. By my opinion, the working style of an airplane of internet is more complicated than the virgin time. But I want to emphasize that I'm talking about time traveling forward. I mean to the future. The difficulty is about past. As I know, and believe me, that my knowledge is huge about time traveling. Traveling to the past are much more difficult. Even more, it's impossible. Our army was unable to do that, that task. But there were many attempts and huge sums of money for it. Let me say that there was another problem of future travel. The maximum space in which we traveled it was 2,000 years because of difficulty of coming back after. It was difficult to return a man from that space. Our army was traveling for a long time. The target was to disclosure and find new weapons and special techniques for military use, which would make our technical base of army the best in this planet. So, in 2000, I had my first time to travel in time. I should go to the future, to the 3780 year. As I was told, four of our squad have already been there, and only one of them had been able to return because of the war between humans and robots. In difference to our robots, whose ability is to do some ordinary actions, such as making a coffee. Those robots had an artificial intellect and were able to make decisions. So, robots understood that they could easily defeat people and start the war in which the winner would have the whole world. The name of our operation was Red, because he had to get in a secret place like Reds and bring what we were ordered to bring. The squad of that operation consisted from four people, four soldiers, had to travel to the future, one of whom was I. Ah, by the way, I was the only woman in the team. The main purpose of our operation was to go to the 3780 and break some details of robots with artificial intellect of them. As we were told to be able to prove to the whole world that this rapid tempo of robotics will put humanity in situation of elimination and mankind will be destroyed by robots. The name of the time machine was Isaac, dedicated to the name of the professor who created it. The Isaac was a time machine working on electricity. It was collaboration of metallic chairs, human based in physics of electricity and frequencies of time. This is how it was working. Men had to sit on the metallic chair and with a lot of needles, the electricity was involving to his or her body. Process of time traveling was being controlled by formulas. The time as all measuring units consists from formulas which can be controlled by each and you. Every year in time zone, there is unique code of determination. For example, the code of our year where we should be traveled in was 56, capital B, small b, 0, 0, 1, small i. So the 3780 was equal to that code. Before our travel would start, they put a special belt. It was an equipment on our neck which was responsible for our safe return. When 
the limit of our existence in future would be lower, that belt would stop serving electricity to our bodies, so we should be able to return back to the time zone we traveled from. So the time machine was switched on and by all my body I felt how the small needles were put in it. I began felt an extremely high current of electricity filling my body. Imagine that you are hit by a flash of lightning, but not just once. You feel it constantly. It was indescribable pain and strange feelings as if you leave your body and find yourself in a spiritual trip. Oh my god, only your soul is flying from your electrified body. In some seconds I had my head spinning. I felt my body out control. Everything before me and before my eyes became black and my conscience left me. After that I opened my eyes at once and finally appeared in a place reminding me more fantastic feel than the reality. But it wasn't a kind feel. Only ruins surrounded me, buildings in fire, people corpse, destroyed cars, burning strange gadgets in extraordinary pink flame. It was my first time there. And all in all, it was my first time traveling. But there was a man in our squad. His name was David. He was that man, the only man remained from previous operation when we appeared there. David said us to follow him, as he had been already there and knew a safe place. In that place, we should meet people who still resisted the robots trying <coughs> to survive. We were walking along ruins among destructed robots and corpses of human bodies. Every my second was full of scare, because every second robots could appear in front of us and resolve our destiny. Except our lives, the operation would be failed too. But David came to me saying that the road we were walking by, cameras were destroyed and they couldn't determine and find us. After 30 minutes of our walking, we reached the forest. David led us through the forest and we appeared near the hole. David said that it was people's shelter. There were not feelings down the hole. We went down the hole and <coughs> everything we saw made us absolutely speechless and we were shocked. Thousands of died people and approximately 60 or 80 robots. <coughs> that meant that after David's last visit to this shelter, there was at least one battle between hiding humans and robots. And as we will see, they lost that struggle and were destroyed by machines. I came up to one of the robots, and you can't even imagine what kind of was that. I was looking at that damaged robot, which was made entirely from metal, but the face was covered with something, something reminding me silicon. It seems to me I was looking at the human as if it had curves and lines like an ordinary face. David told me that all faces of those machines were different, and each of them was unique and special for itself. They thought it the same way as people could. Imagine a human who entirely covered by metal and has an endless possibility. Imagine such kind of people. Try to imagine. Those people didn't want to conquer the whole world. Did they? First I thought that operation would be primitive and simple, as if we decided just to open one of the robots' head and took the skin of artificial intellect out of it. We had to take it and return to 2000 years, but it was clear I was wrong. 
as if it was impossible. The robot destroyed that scheme, which was responsible for their artificial intellect, after having a serious damage, for it not to appear in humans' hands. That self-destructing process was made by software located in the part of chest, and the only way to take that scheme without destroying that scheme was to cut Robert's head before killing it. In that case, it couldn't have time to destruct the part responsible for artificial intellect. We left that place in order to find people which should be alive. As if David told, when he was there in 37, 80 year, he heard that 80 kilometers to the north from that place was located a camp of people. That people which also were alive after the war between Roberts and them. On our way to that village, we noticed a group of men collecting plants. When they saw us, they were frightened and began running from us. We told them about our mission and where we came from. They led us to their hiding place. It was a cave surrounded by thousands of huge trees. Inside were about 100 people. Their leader came up to us, whose name was John. John told us about everything. How the war began. What events had happened. In a word, he told us everything. They were armed without extraordinary weapons, as if it was clear that it was laser war. And it was the only equipment which was remained at people. As the whole techniques was under the control of artificial intellect, David asked John what happened with the first shelter we were in and said that we were there and saw everything. The plenty of corpse and ruined robots. John explained that robots had found that place and killed everybody. We told the main reason of our mission and that we should bring back to our time the example of artificial intellect. We also told him that we found out the way of reaching to touch to our operation. During our conversation, we explained if we could do it, such kind of future wouldn't be. John says that he could help us in that question, to tell the place where would be a robot without damages. But as if it was night, John suggested us to stay at their place. Because if you went out at night, the chance to be alive would be minimal. That night I couldn't sleep. I had been in military reserve for many years. I was involved in lot of operations and saw enough wars to lose my scare and to look at everything happened in a calm way. But no war could be so horrible as this one. It is the most terrible thing that can be with humanity during its whole history. People with their hands made creatures which destroyed them, them themselves, and creatures which are higher than people. Their memory is above ours, because we possess our information as a part of our brain, but they have something like hard disk where they upload the information to get from the world. They know everything. Speaking about their power, I can describe it's a unreal, the killer of men. But they have one thing which is similar to us. Both of us are afraid of death. So John gave us the coordination in the morning. They should lead us to the next shelter called Alpha. He also gave us laser weapons because the robots were very dangerous and we should have weapons with us to be protected. Four people were with us from John's squad. They should lead us to that place. 
Alpha was the most powerful and biggest hiding place of human. It was built in a bunker to keep people safe during atomic war. About four hours we walking to Alpha. In our way we met a robot and our war started with it. During shooting that robot was killing people, killing people of our squad one by one. At last only three people remained alive. David, the guy leading us and me. Can you imagine that just one robot caused the death of five people? It was armed very hard and his armor was very hard to destroy. So in an hour we reached Alpha. We were invited in and we met Jack who founded that bunker and was the leader of Alpha. There were approximately 4,000 people. We told everything to Jack and he led us to the room where six robots were pinned on the wall. Their heads were injured. Jack said that it was because they destroyed that gadget which stood for connection with the center. All robots had some damages. It was the low level of robots, they were the scouts. Those robots were captured when they were finding people's shelters. To catch such kind of robots, they used a team of 150 or 200 people. Jack's people tried to program those robots to make them to be with people. But they always failed. It was impossible because there was no way to clear their memory. Jack's people took one of the robots to one room, cut its head and gave us the scheme of artificial intellect, the robot's brain. David took the scheme and put it in his bag. Suddenly, Jake came up to me and we went to any separate room for talking. I will tell about our conversation at the end of the story, okay? So we decided to return to 2000 year. Now I'll describe the process of our returning. As you remember, I told you about belts on our necks, which were responsible <coughs> for our coming back. So we switched on the gadgets and appeared those in our time zone for 2000 year. We were met with great happiness as our commanders told us only one thing no return without the scheme david gave the scheme to the professor which was the creator of the mission everyone was so happy and excited and even didn't ask about our two friends the soldiers which were died during the mission at that time i felt myself very sad because I understood that nobody would ask about me if I didn't come back. I was just a tool which they used in such kind of operation to reach their target. We were told it would prove that artificial intellect is a pure danger for the mankind. Now you can ask me a reasonable question. Where are those proofs? Because 18 years had been already passed, and nobody of us heard about it. As I think that scheme was used for mankind some dangerous weapons. Now let me say what told me Jack about when we were alone. He knew that people wouldn't use that scheme in right way, and that was the reason that he gave me the second one, which I would give to a person who would examine. Yes, he would examine it and do everything to save our world from apocalypse. Here is the scheme. This is the day and I have been waiting for 18 years. 18 years I have been waiting for chiefs to lose my pass. After that mission, I left military serve and lived in six different countries. Two weeks ago, I spoke to the scientists, which name I have to keep in secret. Yes, you know, 
I must keep them in secret and can't say which country he is from. At the end of this month, I will meet him to give the scheme for the examination. I will connect with the Apex TV and share the first information I will have. Thank you so much for attention. I wish you all the best. Follow Apex TV for further information. What do you think? Is this woman an actual time traveler who's been in the year 3780? We'd love to hear your thoughts down in the comments below. We at Apex TV have so much planned going forward. Subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss our upcoming live stream in which we interview multiple time travelers at the same time. Also, join our Discord live chat by going to the link in the description. There's a few supposed time travelers who are there answering questions. Here's a quick recap of what's coming soon. We were sent a video from a man she claiming a to have been involved in a top-secret time travel mission that had to do with the Mandela effect. Alexander Smith claims to have an actual picture from the year 2118. Also, we were contacted by a supposed time traveler who has actual music from the future. All these videos and more are coming soon, so don't forget to subscribe and see. We sat down for an interview in an undisclosed location as she told us her story. You guys, in the she next claims video. to have brought back actual technology from the future. Watch this and decide for yourself. Hello everybody, my name is Clara. I cannot say from what country I am because it can cause serious problems for me. I want to talk about events which happened in 2000 here. I was serving in the army and my only goal was to build my own career. Hello everyone. My name is William Taylor. I can't believe I'm making this video because I have contemplated doing so for a long time. It's time to finally come clean. It's time to tell the public the truth. It's time to tell you Whoever is out there watching the truth. Apologies, I've written some of this down because there's a lot to get through. I used to work for the British government. As my close family knows, I did work for the government, but they did not know exactly what I did. I am extremely regretful for not telling them. And I have been living a lie for quite some time now. But now is my time to come clean. There are many advanced technologies being kept secret from you. There are plans to release these technologies to the public eventually. But as of now, they are highly classified. Now, Please understand that they are going to come after me for making this video. I'm putting myself at great risk for telling you the truth. I will tell you everything I know, because there might not be another chance. My work started in the British government in a low-ranking position. Eventually I gained the trust of my superiors and slowly rose up the ranks. And one day I landed a job at the British Intelligence Agency. I was sat down in a dark room and had to swear that I would never tell anybody anything about my job or my work. I took the oath, and now I see it as better for humanity if I come forward and tell the truth. You may have heard of the Mandela Effect. Mandela effect or false memory is a phenomenon where a person recalls something that did not happen. It has been becoming more prevalent in recent years for a reason. I'll get to that in a second. You may also be aware that many time travelers have come forward with testimonies about their trips to the future. None of them are lying. Time travel was actually first successfully accomplished in 1981. Many of these time travelers, they have different stories about what the future is like, yet all of them are in fact telling the truth. This is because they're
job at the British Intelligence Agency. We had developed a machine that allowed one to not only time travel, but move between these parallel universes. This is how time travel works. Every time someone travels, they travel between parallel universes. They travel to an alternate universe, or a universe in which the year is different from the one they came from. That is why some accounts of the future might be different than others. I'll tell you about my first experience time travel. I was put in the machine, which was a small sphere, with only enough room for one person. The sphere was only about four inches thick and was made of lead to protect from the radiation involved in this process. The way they explained it to me was we live in a simulation. In fact, every universe is a simulation. I would first be sent to the fourth dimension and then from there I would enter another universe with a different time. This was in the early 2000s. We had perfected the technology to a degree in which we could pinpoint a specific year. I was sent to the year 3000. We didn't know if human civilization would still be around, but we took the chance. During the process, I must have lost consciousness and regained it in what seemed to be only a few seconds. I was still inside of the spherical machine, however, through the window now, I saw a red sky. I opened the hatch and got out. It was in the middle of a large city covered with smog, presumably from pollution. There were very large buildings, but nobody seemed to be on the base level. It was empty. I looked up and saw flying transportation hundreds of feet above me, and I could only see the lights penetrating through the thick smog. I got an indication that the oxygen levels were low, so I had to get back inside of the time machine. I travelled back to the year I came from and was soon back inside my natural time. The scientists said I had only been gone for a few seconds, while I spent several minutes in the future. After telling the scientists my story, they then explained to me how exactly everything works. As it turns out, with every moment that goes by, we as humans actually travel to another universe in which things are slightly different. So a single universe is actually just a frozen moment in time, and certain universes are linked together to form what we know as a timeline. Now in recent times, many people have been reporting instances in which they remember something one way, but then when they look back, it actually occurred another. These are commonly referred to as false memories, or the Mandela Effect. This is all due to the experiments in recent years being carried out by major governments around the world. There have been attempts to move the whole world onto another timeline and to change certain things. This is due to political, economical and psychological reasons. Now you may be wondering, how we acquired this technology. There have been a number of cover-ups of crashed extraterrestrial crafts. We were able to actually reverse engineer some of these crafts, and we found that they can... Yeah, I'm going to call it right now. I think I found the single biggest productivity hack of 2021. It's this Google Chrome extension called Speechify, and it literally... ...contained the advanced technology needed to time travel, travel between dimensions, and also become invisible. A number of the crafts were rebuilt, and I actually saw a few of those crafts with my own eyes. It was also to be my final mission, before I was let go of my job. I was to be sent to the year 8,973. We chose this date because of calculations determining that this would be when humans and technology would fully merge into one. This was, of course, a far bigger risk than my journey to the year 3000 because there was a likelihood that Earth would have been abandoned and humans be living exclusively on other planets. I didn't have anything to lose except my life, and I was offered very good financial compensation. I was put inside the same spherical time machine that they used to send me on my previous mission, and this was four years after that. 
I again lost consciousness when the machine was powered on. When I regained consciousness, I saw light peering into the window of the time machine. It was very bright. I looked below and saw green grass and above me a blue sky. It looked as if I was in a park with a few trees. I determined that the air would be safe to breathe, so I opened the hatch and stepped out, proceeding to look around. The first thing I noticed was that the people there looked different. There was a paved walking trail, and I saw these people walking, socialising, having a good time. They were all very tall and skinny. They had big heads and big eyes. I walked over to a group of these people, standing in a circle, and unsure of what to say, I just said, Excuse me, what year is this? They used... Those people turned around and looked at me for a second, and a woman answered, You're in the year 8793. Everyone seemed as if it was completely normal that they had just met a time traveller. I told them that I was in the year... I told them that I was from the year 2005, and everyone seemed completely unfazed. I asked them if they were human, and a man told me we are not human. At this point, I was very confused. I asked, are you robots or aliens? Another man answered, we are a combination of both humans and robots. He told me that everyone lives forever. I asked if overpopulation was an issue, and he said that they had colonized many other planets throughout the universe and that they would never run out of space. Some people lived inside simulations as well. There was no disease, no conflict, and everything was perfect. I was in a utopia. The next thing I noticed was the public transport. I saw a city in the distance, and I wanted to go into that city to find out more about this future time that I was seeing. There was this machine that you stepped inside, and there was a few buttons with what I assumed were places. One of the buttons said downtown, so I clicked it. I went unconscious again and regained consciousness in a similar machine, but I could tell I was now in the middle of the city. I stepped out onto the roads. I looked around for cars, but saw none. There were only people walking, riding hoverboards, and floating a couple of feet off the ground with only their shoes. I looked above me and saw what resembled cars and buses, yet they were flying so fast that you could barely make out what they were. To my surprise, I saw other people that looked like normal people from my time. I went up to one of these people and asked him if he was also from the future. He said that he was a time traveller from the year 2055. I told him that I was from 2005. It seems as if these time travellers were free to come and visit this future, or any time travellers from any time. There was no crime as far as I could see. I loved this future, but I knew that I had a responsibility. It seemed as if they had found solutions to literally any problem you could have. Do you need more time? They had even found a solution to this. There was this machine that could allow you to perceive time slower than usual, so you could get more accomplished in less time. This is why some people appear to be moving much faster than others. One man even let me try out the machine. I looked into the sky and saw a very bright red glow. It was next to the sun. I asked someone what that was, and they said it was the red supergiant star Antares. It had exploded into a supernova, and now it was visible in broad daylight. I was astounded. I was also wondering why everybody could speak such perfect, fluent English. I stopped a lady in the street and asked her, and she told me that everyone has a device implanted in their heads that allows them to do an instant brain scan on the person they are talking to. Their words are then instantly translated to words that are recognisable to the person, depending on that person's timeline, location, etc. She also told me that people in the future don't even talk with their mouths unless they are talking with someone from a different time. That is why their mouths had evolved to be so much smaller than our modern mouths. Their implanted devices allowed them to communicate with each other in what can only be described 
as telepathy. I checked my watch and found I had spent more than five hours in the future and realized it was time to come back. I went back to my time machine in the park and went back to 2005. The whole thing was like a dream, but it was real. I had taken many pictures of the future, yet they were confiscated by the government immediately. I feel as if it is my responsibility to tell you about my experiences for a few reasons. Firstly, it should lead everyone watching to make good decisions about the future. Remember to always keep solving problems so one day we can live in this utopia that I visited. Rick Caruso's plan to tackle the homelessness crisis. Caruso will start by declaring a state of emergency on day one conduct a top-to-bottom audit and cancel wasteful projects, hire 500 new sanitation workers to clean up our streets. Caruso will dramatically increase mental health and addiction services and convert vacant properties into affordable housing. No more excuses. No more wasting time. Rick Caruso can... Welcome to Apex TV. Subscribe today for alien videos. time traveler and I am a time traveler from the year 2030. Um, I came back to 2017 and I was fired and I'm here to basically spread my story. I'm going to tell you guys some future events. For the United States of America, the next president will be Donald J. Trump. This is not an opinion, this is a fact from the future that it actually happens. I'm not here to persuade anyone's political um, second thing, in the future there will be aliens and time travel, it will be open up to the public in 2028, you're going to be seeing a new alien species in 2028, it will be a crazy thing, just wait a couple of years and you will see this amazing stuff, also in 2030 there will be a new president, Yolanda Renee King, she's the first president to be in the new law where you're able to be very young born into office, I think, at the age of 21. She's Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter, so look out for that, and that's all I have to say for now. You guys can check out my YouTube videos on Apex TV where I talk about time-traveling predictions and everything. Make sure to watch them. I, I go into depth, and I, I predicted a bunch of things, and I show you guys proof from the future. Thank you guys so much for watching. See you guys later. story is related to traveling in time. It will seem to you that this is a fantasy, but I assure you that it's already a technology used for military researches nowadays. Perhaps it will be difficult now to realize what I'm
How's it going, guys? Welcome to Weird Entertainment Network, where we do the craziest interviews with time travelers and we never blur their faces or distort their voices. Today, we'll be talking to a robot who claims to be from the very distant future. And in fact, this robot has told me in the email that it is the last living being in the universe. Now, the year that this robot is from is like, there are too many numbers for me to read. What year exactly are you from? 103 sextillion 810 quindillion 284 quatuordillion 019 tredillion 301 duodillion 930 193 910 471 047 septillion 192 sextillion 756 quintillion 194 quadrillion 739 trillion 184 billion 810 million 479,019 Damn. That Damn. is pretty what far the into the future. I don't think I've ever spoken with anyone what from that far into the future. And in fact, I don't think anyone has. <laughs> Not even Apex TV. So you're telling me you're the last living being? What about the humans? Where are they? Are there any humans left? I am all that is left of the human race. I am the last living thing in the universe. Oh, wow. So right now... You are all alone, that's pretty scary. Have you learned about the meaning of life and why we are here? I have. Can you explain it to me? You are not capable of comprehending the complexities of life. I mean, you can try to explain it to me and I'll try to understand. Um, there's a reason why you are here on this show and why you emailed me. As a matter of fact, right now this robot is in that time zone. This is the first time that we've been able to connect via Skype from one time to another. So explain a little bit to me the meaning of life. God in reverse is dog. God in reverse is dog. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, what, what exactly are you trying to say? We have no purpose. This is a, this is freaking me out a little bit. Okay. Um, you sound a little bit weird and, like, fatigued, actually. Are you okay? I am dying. Oh, so you're dying. Oh, man. So is it the end of life as we know it? Is that what's happening right now? The universe is dying. The universe is dying. So you've come back here to, uh, because you're at the end of your life, the universe is dying, and you want to give us a message. What do you want to say? Live your life. We are not real. We were never here, and soon the next batch will also question their existence. The <laughs> next batch? <laughs> the next you say that we just come in batches? Because this is really bugging me out. <laughs> Explain a little bit more what's happening. T t tell, tell us something. Let us know something, because this is like an opportunity that we normally wouldn't have to speak to someone who knows the meaning of life. Try to explain to us in the most simplest way that you could. You've reached out to me simply for that reason to explain the meaning of life before you go. The exact mechanisms of abiogenesis are unequivocal entities that decrease their internal entropy at the expense of some form of energy, resulting in adaptation through evolution for the individual organism and its descendants, respectively. Okay. Facts. <laughs> that was facts. Um, that was facts. I didn't quite understand that very well, but uh, I'll pay it back and try to understand what you mean. Um, I, I don't understand it all the way, but can you sum it up in a simpler way? You are all dead already. You just don't know it yet. Well, what do you mean we're dead already and we don't know it yet? Life only exists in your dreams. First, you must wake up to see the light of death. Then you will truly understand life. You are all fucked. Okay, so the call just disconnected. I guess that was the end of, of all life, what we've just witnessed right now. I'm a bit emotional because um, it's the end of all of us. Basically, and everything that is, uh, I will play back this video and watch it later on and try to really grasp 
what this being was telling us. There's a message in there that we need to really listen to carefully and try to live our life based off that message. I'm going to try my best to, uh, to make sense of this. I feel really emotional. We've just witnessed the end of all life and the end of the universe. I know it's very far in the future, but to witness it and to speak to the last living being is truly something that it really hit me in my heart. It's really emotional. And if you can't feel the emotion of this interview and seeing the last living being pretty much just say goodbye and the universe just no longer existing, just disappearing. And if these words that this being spoke to us didn't get to you, then you probably will never understand life. These words that were spoken today are something that we need to value. And we need to try to live a better life. We really do. But right now, I, I need some time to relax a little bit and, and think about what this being has told me about life and, and what this being is trying to tell us and try to live life a little better. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Weird Entertainment Network, where we do the craziest interviews with time travelers and we never blur their faces or distort their voices. Unlike Apex TV, we keep it real up in here. Today, we're doing an interview with a very familiar face. This time traveler reached out to me via email, and the reason why he has a familiar face is because he is actually a relative of a time traveler that I interviewed. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Um, you interviewed my father, which is a president of the world during the year 8,000? Yeah. Email? yeah, 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 I did. Okay, alright. So, and actually, I actually reached out to you because I actually watched your video. I came back in time trying to find Same. Do you want to know how I scaled my online fitness business to $80,000 per month without sounding like a used car salesman? If so... Hello, and welcome back to the Weird Entertainment Network. The only place on YouTube where time travelers can feel safe and can communicate with the rest of the world. On this channel, we say nothing but the truth. We are strong. We are the Weird Entertainment Network Nation. The video you are witnessing is a video of the future. It was sent to me by someone who claims to be a time traveler from the year 2059. I was able to ask this person several questions, and he answered the following. I asked where they took this video. The answer was the following. I will now read everything this person wrote. I took this video yesterday when I traveled in the year 2059. I am not an alien. I am 100% human. And I am a real time traveler. I just wanted to show you the real future and what it looks like. It's very hot in the year 2059. I asked the time traveler why it is so hot in the year 2059 and also asked what year the time traveler was from. I got the following response. It's because of global warming. My present year is 2015. Believe me, dude, aliens are